Okay, good morning, and uh, I want to just begin by saying thank you, thank you, thank you for all the help you've given us getting up here, uh, for the extraordinarily generous offering you took up for our moving expenses and things, and uh, for the help on, what day was it now? I can't even remember, Wednesday, Thursday, no, it was Thursday and Friday, wasn't that fun? sweating and blah. Well, I think uh, it's going to be a great time here. I think we're going to see good things happen. I think the Lord is working and uh, we still deal with a fallen world and problems happen and, and that's just something we're going to have till the kingdom comes. But right now we have the deposit of the kingdom. We can move forward. Amen. So uh, that's what this is about today. I'm going to be talking about uh, something called Tomorrow's Church. And, uh, well, this is what I thought of. I had to do a video uh, for another church when they were interviewing me. They said, do a five-minute video about Tomorrow's Church. I don't know if anybody saw that in here, if they were trying to look things up on me, see who this guy is. <laughs> uh, but there's a five-minute video on YouTube about Tomorrow's Church, and it was just five minutes, but it got me going, and and I thought, this is something I need to expand and draw out. And it would be a great first day sermon for a new church because tomorrow is today. It starts today. Tomorrow starts today, right? So uh, I want to talk about tomorrow's church. And, uh, well, what do you think about when I say tomorrow's church? The future, right? What's the future church going to look like? Is it going to have... Um, Sleeker architectures are going to be a lot more virtual meetings, virtual reality, Zoom. Are there going to be holographic preachers? I'm not going to be necessary anymore. There's going to be rope. No. That's just silly, right? Um, but I'm trying to get a point here that church is not what things are going to look like or, uh, you know, just the outward circumstances of things. The church is the body of Christ. The church is the people of God. And in Scripture, the primarily definition of ecclesia church is called out ones we are called out that makes us strangers in this land that makes us pilgrims on a journey and to be called out means we're going to stand out and we're going to be outstanding um, maybe you don't feel so outstanding but that's what you are as the body of christ we are outstanding we have to see ourselves as the body of christ the people of god and, you know, sometimes we talk about where do you go to church and let's do church or are we having church? That's okay. You can use those kind of uh, terms about the church. And even in Scripture, it talks about messages to the churches at Corinth and Ephesus and things like that. So it is acceptable to look at church as an entity. So Faith Bible Fellowship is a certain church entity. But primarily speaking, the church is generally the people of God. We are the body of Christ. So I want to talk today about tomorrow's church as it applies to the people of God, us, and as Faith Bible Fellowship as we enter our new phase and our new, our new journey. So tomorrow, why not talk about today's church? I mean, it's today, right? The reason we're not talking about today's church is because we're not where we need to be uh, in general. And I'm sure you want to see things get better here and improve. If we're not growing and improving, we're, we're stuck 
And it's, even if it's a good thing, even if you can get complacent if everything was just right, and then you're, you're useless because you're just going in the same thing, same thing over and over again. And as we were moving, you might have noticed some of those old Lowe's boxes that said, never stop improving. And I thought, that's a good saying, never stop improving. And it doesn't apply just to your home, but to your church. And so we've got a mandate from Lowe's to never stop improving this church. And, uh, but for ourselves, never stop improving. We want to grow. And even if you're getting up there in years and you're getting older and older, you're still growing. Yeah, I'm growing more painful and more sick and think, no, no, you can grow spiritually. You can grow even as a person. You can learn new things. It's just life is about growing and moving forward. The Christian life is a journey. And so our scripture I want to focus on here is Philippians 3.13, in which Paul said, uh, brethren, I do not count myself to apprehend, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. And I'll focus on one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. Because God is a God of the new. We are not looking at what's now and even what's past. See, our tendency is to be yesterday's church, to say, well, we had it so good when we started. And man, we had all this great happening in life here and now what we want to go back to that no we don't want to go back to that even if it was revivals and uh, you know they had great works of God in different places but you don't go back to what God did before you move forward for what God has ahead and so we don't be complacent like Paul we see what's ahead and that God wants to do something new and that's why you know, we're taking a chance. You're taking a chance on me. I'm taking a chance on you. We're all trying to look at something new. So that's a good start. And um, Paul didn't just have this wait and see and, uh, oh, I hope everything works out. He was reaching forward. There's something ahead. He had vision for it. And we can have that too. And I'm telling you, you can have vision for the church for this church and the church of the body of Christ. I'm going to say something that's probably going to shock you. But the church, since Pentecost, when the church was born, the church has been on a traje- trajectory. It's been, on, uh, it's been growing ever since it first came forth in the book of Acts. And I'm going to suggest to you that it keeps getting better and better. You say, what? Well, how can you say that? Well, look at how the church is now. It's almost irrelevant in this country, and our attendance is dropping, and people mock the church, and it seems like, are we, are we just spinning wheels? You're looking at things that are seen. The Bible calls us to look at things that are unseen. The things that are seen are temporal. The things that are unseen are eternal. And God is working most of the time in the unseen. Right? I mean, and sometimes we get lucky and it manifests into the temporal where we can see it. So God is working, even when the circumstances don't look very uh, desirable, like some recent things that have happened. God is working all things together. And the church is a progressing unit that he is going to present spotless when Christ appears. And it's not going to be a church that just dropped out and never made it. God's behind it. It's his church. It's his people. And he's got us moving forward. You say, well, how can that be? Well, we're still here. Look at the intensity of attack against 
Christ's church through history, and yet you can't get rid of it. Look, I've been in China for many years, and they tried to wipe that church out in China, and the more they tried, the more it just kept spreading. People kept holding on to their faith. And even now, in America, the church is so unpopular, seemingly irrelevant to so many people, and yet look at people everywhere are holding on to the faith. We're still here. The church hasn't been eliminated. It hasn't gone away. It's not going away. Tomorrow's church is reaching forward for the things that are ahead. And I got scripture to back it up, Matthew 16, 18. Jesus said that my church, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Or Hades, if you like that newer translation. I like the old King James stuff. I like uh, new King James. I get to get the old stuff in a contemporized manner anyway. But Hades is, is like hell. And, and what this is saying here, my church, the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. You tend to think of this as, well, it's going to stand strong as Satan attacks. But that's not what this is saying. And it's, it's true. Satan does attack God's people. Satan attacks the church. But there's something else that Jesus is saying here. A gate doesn't attack people. A gate remains closed and barred so that something can't get through. So, in other words, this is saying that hell is trying to block the advance of the church. The church is reaching forward, moving forward, doing God's work, and it's going to plow through those gates of hell. This isn't, we've got a good defense. We've got no gate of hell is going to hurt us. No, that's the wrong interpretation. It's easy to get that idea, but it's, it's that that gate will not stay shut. Why? Because we're pounding through. And it's not talking about uh, we want to go to hell. You know, a lot of people want to go to hell and those gates fly right open. Come on in. <laughs> but uh, these gates are trying to block the kingdom of God from advancing on earth. And wherever God's people are, we can do these works and advance God's work and nothing's going to stop us. Now, there's going to be hindrances. Gates will hinder. There are hindrances. There are difficulties. There are setbacks. And it doesn't say that there's not going to be any of that. It says they're not going to prevail. So we had a setback this week. It's not, you know, it's not going to prevail. You may be dealing with issues. You may be seeing there's no way I can get past this point. But you can because the gates of hell cannot prevail. If you're reaching forward, you see, many people give up, say, oh, I'm blocked, can't go any further. That's it for me. I'm done. I guess I just have to adjust and get used to it. Well, you've been hindered, and you're not doing anything. You're just accepting it. And a lot of people might not accept it. They'll go forward, and they'll try to push through, but then it's too difficult. doesn't look like it's working. You know, we prayed for healing, and it doesn't look like it's working. Well, then you give up because we're still looking at the circumstances. We're still looking at what's seen. We're not looking past to the unseen, the power of God to do all things well. In some way or another, that gate is going to fling open. And so people don't receive because they have given up by the hindrance or they're not reaching forward. They're not doing tomorrow. Tomorrow. So tomorrow's church, I want to tell you a few characteristics of tomorrow's church tomorrow's church back to philippians 3:13 is a group of people that says with paul this one thing i do one thing i do this is talks about i mean 
one, in this day of multitasking, how many people just do one thing? I mean, you're sitting there texting and you're on the phone or you're on the Internet and some, all this other stuff going on. You've got work, you're juggling a thousand things at work or with kids and, and school, all these requirements. How can anybody just one thing? Well, you can't just do one thing. You do have to learn how to juggle things to a degree. But when we talk about one thing, we're talking about the primary drive. This one thing drives me. I'm reaching for this one thing. I'm seeing the kingdom of God, my role in the kingdom of God, and I'm, it's a mindset of direction. Do you have a mindset of direction for your life and for this church? You can't just say, well, I just hope things work out. We got a new pastor. I hope things work out, and we'll just see what God wants to do. That's not how it works. We have to have a mindset of direction. This one thing I do, and we're going to do it. And that's when things happen. Paul, Paul was driven by what he saw ahead of him, and he wouldn't be stopped by it. And you say, well, I'm not Paul. I can't, I can't persevere like that. I can't have the same effect that Paul had. Well, maybe not quite as large an effect as Paul had, but you still have the same God. You still have the same promises, the same scripture. You even have more scripture than Paul had because he hadn't written it all yet by the time he said that, I'm pretty sure. And he didn't have John's works or Peter's or the Gospels. So we have the same God, the same thing. We have what Paul had. And so we're not special, perhaps, but we have a special Lord. And he has given us his Holy Spirit. And if we can reach forward, we're going to see things. But this one thing we do, it has to be our purpose. It has to be our vision. You have to see it. And Paul saw it, Paul saw it, and we can see, I just told you that Jesus had a plan for the church, that nothing's going to stop it. And so we have the glory of God in the goal. The goal is in the glory. Our one thing is to see God's glory now and as he manifests it when he returns. But he's manifesting it all the time when we reach forward for it. And, you know, a lot of people just don't experience it. They, they have a dreary spiritual life because they don't have good fellowship with the Lord. They don't have good experiences. They don't see miracles and things like that. It's because they're not reaching forward. They're not believing that it can be. They don't take the promises, the word, and step out in faith on it. And uh, Confucius had this great quote. I hope I don't mess it up. Uh, said, if you shoot for the stars and hit the moon, it's okay. But a lot of people don't shoot for anything. That's the problem. And so we need to shoot big, reach forward far, and not just say, well, I guess it didn't work this time, or I guess I, I just have to be mediocre. No, we have to say, I'm shooting for the stars, and I may not make it, but at least I'll get somewhere further than if I don't shoot for anything at all. That's for us as a church and our spiritual lives, our own personal lives. We can get into this dangerous trap of saying, well, things were good in the past, but I'm just riding it out now, and Thank God I'm saved, but nothing more. Now, one thing I do is to continually seek the face of the Lord, say, take me further and reach out for those things that are before. So one thing we do. And tomorrow's church can reach forward because they know what they have now. We have a now faith with a future because of what happened in the past. How's that for poetry? Now, future, and past. We have a three-tenths faith. We know what we have now 
and we have something in the future because of what happened in the past. We can move forward because Jesus paid it all. We sang about it this morning. No, his mercy is greater than our sins, and the cross finished the deal for forgiveness of sins. You know, you might think, I can't be used of God because I'm just always messing up or I'm not perfect. It doesn't, it doesn't take a super saint to be used by God. It takes one who has faith and understands that I'll never be a super saint until heaven, but I've got a super savior that has purchased me, that has made the way for me, and I can expect to be blessed. See, this is a hard thing for a lot of people. A lot of people can't expect to be blessed. They can't reach forward for the blessing because I'm not worthy. I don't deserve it. Uh, you didn't hear the thought that just went through my head the other day. And so, I, you know, why would God want to do that for me when I failed him? God would want to do that because he purchased you for that purpose with the blood of Jesus. The gospel is a finished work, and it's by faith that we move forward, and not by being perfect. We want to grow. We want to be holy. But you won't become holy just by gritting your teeth and trying to do better. You actually become holy by just receiving and saying, I can't believe I'm get, you're going to bless me even though I just talked that way. You know, I'm not suggesting you just... You don't say, well, it doesn't matter what I do. But you just repent and you don't let the guilt keep you down. You say, "That's thank you, Lord, that's under the blood and you're still happy with me. I don't understand it, but that's what it means, accepted in the beloved. We're in Christ. So we have something. That fuels me. When I understand that, then I stop giving into thoughts like, oh, I can't, I can't do this, I'm not worthy, and, and how am I ever going to... I just say, it's all of the Lord. So this is what... It, it's not someday in heaven. It's for now. And so we move forward, knowing what we have now. And tomorrow's church is a church that advances. It's kind of the same as moving forward. Uh, but what, is, what I'm talking about when I say advancing, not just in your spiritual growth, but again, the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. We, we start moving into the works, and it's an assault on Satan's camp. Jesus, uh, in 1 John, it says that Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. And in John 14, 12, he says, the works I do, you also will do, and greater works than these. Our work here is to be the light of Christ, to destroy the works of the devil. Oh, the devil's too powerful for me. No, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. If we're looking with faith to the Lord and we're trusting in him, we're going to be able to make a dent in Satan's camp. I know he hates this message now. I mean, and so as, as people who advance, tomorrow's church being advancers, you have to expect some opposition. That's not the good news. You have to expect some spiritual warfare. But you, you can always move forward understanding that God has already given the victory and that these things that seem like gates will bring greater glory as we break through them. But sometimes it's not pleasant. Sometimes it's not fun. And on earth, Jesus said, you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And we have the hope. All things work together for good to those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. So there are going to be times of blessing and there's going to be times of battle. This world is not a playground. 
But we've already got the victory. We don't try to get victory. We have started from the victory. And that's the church that advances forward. And lastly, it's not us that's doing it, but it's the Lord. Psalm 127, verse 1. Tomorrow's church knows that it's all God. Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. We give all the glory to God. We trust that he's doing it. Now, I said before, you have to do something. You can't just pray and, oh, I hope things work out and God's sovereign. He's just going to take care of everything. Absolutely not. That's not the way it works. That's not the scriptures. We have to cooperate with God. We have to believe. We have to obey. We have to represent him, be his ambassadors. We have to give him something to work with. You know, I could say, I hope you have a great time of fellowship with the Lord tomorrow, but if you don't sit down and, and try to have fellowship, you're not going to have that fellowship. You know, it's, it's very simple. You've you got to put yourself in the position. You've got to plant your garden. You've got to plant your seed. You've got to take your steps where he's leading. And then he enters in. See, it says they labor in vain if he doesn't build the house. They still labor. So it doesn't contradict this, though. It's all God. It's all God's work. We just start the move, and he surges the power through. Kind of like electricity, maybe. Uh, I don't know if that's a good one. We're just the wires. No, there, I don't, I'll think of a good analogy for this and probably come, get back to you. But we have to do something. We're moving, but his power is what's, what's producing. And when he does something, then we give him all the glory, all the praise, and we're thankful. And we say, thank you, Lord. So he's going to do it if we look to him. But the key is to be looking to him. We don't want to just say, well, let's just do whatever comes, comes to mind. No, we pray about it, say, is this what the Lord would have us do? And we go about it. If we go about it like that, our vision, we're reaching forward to what he's placing in front. Then we're going to see success. The, the goal is to not get distracted by, well, maybe this, could, maybe this, this. No, you might get a great idea, and maybe that's him, and we're going to reach forward for that. And, but it doesn't stop us from trying things, too. Try new things. In fact, any church that grows is going to try new things, and a lot of times it's not going to work. But that's how you discover what will work. They, you all know Edison, how many times he tried to create the light bulb. What he say? He said, I learned how to do it after a thousand tries or something. I've got to get that one straight, too, and get back to you on that. So, so I'm excited, and I hope you're excited. We have the Lord. We're going to build, but we're going to look to him to be the producer. And uh, if we keep this vision, if we're reaching forward for him, he's going to take us further. We're going to be a church that advances. We're going to enjoy what we have now in Christ. The promises we reach forward for are right before us. It's not just for heaven. And it's all about a journey. We are moving on this journey. And the Lord has brought us together for this season, for this stage of the journey. So I look forward to getting to know you better, all of you, and uh, knowing new faces as they come in. And, and let's just rejoice and have joy as we go forth. We're going into the battle. Expect some battle, but we've got the armor of God. We've got each other, and uh, he's provided everything we've needed. Even this thing that's happened with us this week, I'm so thankful that we have y'all and walls. God bless you. Great is your reward. Um, 
But we're, you know, we're taken care of because of each other and because the Lord loves us. So thank you for inviting me. Thank you for coming today. Start inviting your friends, neighbors, family. Say, hey, let, you know, you want to see something new? Let's, we're going to try to do a new thing at this church. We're going to, but, you know, as far as doing new things, you, some of you may have to give up some old sacred cows. Um, but you guys don't look so much like the ones who say, well, we never did it this way before. Hopefully that's, I don't think so, but you've you got to be willing to pass the baton and to let people get involved and maybe make some adjustments too for the younger ones and things. You know, it's all about us together and being sensitive to each other and giving up our agendas for the Lord's blueprints of building the house. Amen? Amen. So let's pray. Father, we thank you for Faith Bible Fellowship. Thank you for your love for us. Thank you for the promises, for the hope, for your word and your work. We thank you for the work you're doing now. We thank you for what's coming ahead. Help us to keep targeted to where you're taking us and help us to be wise and, and strong, to not be distracted by the lesser things and the evil things and, and help us to keep course. And we'll just give you praise along the way. We delight in what you're doing and what you will do here with each of us. I pray blessings on all the families here. And uh, we just love you and thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We are done with our first meeting. I just want to bless you and say go in peace and, and be ready.